Thanks so much for listening today. We hope that through this message, you are being filled with the grace and hope found in the person of Jesus Christ. If this message and ministry has made an impact on you in any way, be sure to let us know about it by emailing us at mystory@thefuelchurch.com. And even if you couldn't be here in person, be sure to check in with us on Instagram and Facebook to let us and others know that you are listening and growing with us here at Fuel Church. Every month through these check-ins, we are making a global difference. Now, let's jump into this week's message. We are in a series uh, called Ducks in a Row, and you may be asking, what is this all about? We're talking about stewardship and generosity. Can we say that together? Stewardship and generosity. One more time, you're sounding good. Stewardship and generosity. After studying the Word of God for about 25 years, I found that uh, these two words are cornerstones uh, to everything that God wants to do in a believer's life because it's going to take stewardship and generosity. One more time, stewardship and generosity. Now, this series does have to do with finances, but we see threaded throughout the Old and New Testament this common theme that God wants us to steward the very things, the very people that he gives us, and he wants us to do it with a generous heart. Someone say a generous heart. So although we are talking about finances in this series, uh, we're called to steward our family, amen? Men, fathers, we're called to steward them and lead them in the way they should go. We're, we're called to model generosity to the next generation. We are stewards over our marriages, right? We're stewards over our time. Guess what? We all got the same amount of time. We all just use it a little different, right? So, so we see this common thread throughout the Bible, and uh, today... I want to take a step forward in our series. Before we do, I just want to give you a definition of ducks in a row. Here's, here's what we've defined it as. Look at this. To have order, to be well prepared or well organized for something that's going to happen, something that's going to happen. So I believe that God is ready to do something in regards to our finances, but how prepared are we? Do we have our ducks in a row? Where's my ducks at? They're not here. They're in the pond? Which pond? (laughs) We lost the ducks. Someone gather the ducks. I don't know where they went, but somebody will find them for me by the time I do the next three services. Praise God. So, so we, we need to have our ducks in a row. What does that mean? What we're talking about is how are we handling our money? How are we handling it? Uh, and the second thing we're talking about is can God trust us with the resources that he has given us? So our scripture for this series is found in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. It says this, the world of the what? Gets what? And the world of the? Gets what? Generous gets what? Oh, I see things a little different now. But then when I become stingy, it's just narrow-minded, just thinking about us four and no more, just taking care of myself, right? 
And so it, it doesn't matter how much you have in regards to this scripture, in regards to all the scriptures in the Bible regarding God wanting to bless us. It doesn't matter how much you have because you don't have to have a lot to be generous. Did you hear that? Because some of you are thinking, well, I don't have as much as them. And my bank account doesn't have a lot of zeros. It has a lot of negative in front of it. Come on, somebody. And, and so, so, but what matters is not about the amount. What matters is your heart posture. Someone say my heart. It matters. And so God says people that give, I give more and more too. But people who hold back what I give them, it keeps taking away from them. And really, they hold back their own blessings because they don't invite me in to their finances. Giving is the central theme of the gospel, of the Bible that we go to each and every Sunday here. Giving is the central theme of the gospel, and it should be the central theme of our lives. I mean, God so loved that he what? He gave. You know what he gave on? He gave on a maybe. He gave on a maybe, they will receive me, maybe they won't. God gave on a maybe for you and I. He gave his only son, right? I'm preaching now. I feel this today. I hope you warm your amen up before you came. He gave on a maybe. There was no guarantee that you and I would accept him. But he said, I so love you that I'm going to give. I'm going to go first. When it comes to generosity, I'm going to go, I'm going to give first to show you the example of what it means to live a generous life. There was no guarantee that we would accept him. So that's why we don't give to get, but we give because we are most like God when we do it. So this is not a give to get message. This is not a give to get series. Although blessings do come when we give, our motive isn't to get more. Can I get an Amen. We give because that's when we're most like God, our Heavenly Father. So giving is the theme of the Bible. And what the enemy wants to do is anytime we hear the word giving or generosity, anytime it comes up, he wants to shut your heart and mind down. Why? Because you get robbed a key from the kingdom of God when you shut your heart and mind down on these two words. And you become a taker instead of a giver. But I know today I'm talking to some people who desire to live this blessed life that God intends for us to live. Someone say the blessed life. Someone say the blessed life is the best life. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So today, I want to take a step further, further and to title our message today, it's this, giving, giving is all about the heart. Giving is all about the heart. Can you say that with me? Giving is all about the heart. Matthew 6, 21, Jesus said this. How do we know that? The words are in red. I got a degree from Bible college just to tell you that. It's a joke. Tell your neighbor, you can laugh in church. It's okay. We won't judge you here. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your what? Is, there your what? Let's read it again. Where your treasure is. What do you treasure? What do you value? Where is your money going? Because wherever it goes, we'll find your heart. 
Are you hearing me today? We'll find your heart. Whatever you treasure is where you put your heart into it. Wherever you put your money, your heart will be there. Your treasure is a tracking device to your heart. Are you hearing me? There's a strong attachment from your heart to your wallet. There's a strong attachment from your heart to your bank account statement. Come on, somebody. We can tell where your heart is, right? Jesus said this. We know that. Jesus said it. And I'll prove it to you that there, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Put some money in a new stock. Those of you who like stocks, you never followed that stock before until you started investing into that stock. Why? You put your treasure in there so your heart follows it. Yep. Put, put, put money into a car. Some of you not like nice cars. Come on now. You, you invest money into it. My dad's got an old hot rod and he puts money into it. Listen, ain't nobody driving that car. It gets more bass than he does. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You invest into your car, it takes more bass than you do. Ain't nobody driving that, ain't nobody. Don't, stay away from the car. Why your heart is there, why you put your treasure into it. Ladies, your house, you make it nice, right? You, you decorate it. Come on now, you get new carpet. Let somebody get new carpet and we'll see where your heart is. You best take your shoes off on my new carpet or I'm going to send you in the next week. Why, why, why? Why you put your treasure there and where you put your treasure, your heart is there. Your heart, are you tracking with me today? Hmm, hmm. You put money in your bank account. Come on, every one of us have a bank account. And some of you are on your bank app. Come on now, more than you're on your Bible app. Some of you check on your bank account more than you check on your kids. (laughs) You treasure it. It's where your heart is, right? Huh? That's where your treasure is. If you want your heart in the kingdom of God, you got to put your treasure into the kingdom of God. Oh, you didn't hear that. If you want your heart in the kingdom of God, you got to put your treasure into the kingdom of God because my heart is always attached to what I invest in. My heart is always attached to what I invest in. I invest into my children. My heart is attached to them. Amen? I invest into them. They get shoes and clothes, and I invest into them, and they're expensive, right? You better know I love them. Come on, somebody. Hmm? Some are so passionate about this house and about what God is doing here at Fuel Church. Why? They have planted their treasure here through serving and giving. They have planted their treasure in this house. They've planted their family in this house. And so their heart is here. Their heart is here. So, so, So don't you dare talk about their church and don't you dare talk about their pastor. Right? Right? Because when you do, you've touched their heart. Yeah, you've touched their heart. You've touched what they value, what they've invested into, where their treasure is. They, they believe in this place. This place has changed their marriage. This place has changed their family. This place has changed their life. Don't you dare talk about this place to them because you've touched an area of their heart because they treasure this place. They serve here. They give their life for this place because they believe God is in this place. Hmm? God wants your heart. The church has said for many years, oh, you need to change your behavior first. No, God 
will change your heart first, then your behavior. If he can get your heart, he's got your behavior. If he can get your heart, all the hurts, hangups, and habits will follow. When he gets your heart, he helps you change your habits. Come on, somebody. And so the church has had it wrong for years. Stop smoking, stop drinking, stop sexing, stop this, stop that, stop that. Come on now. And, and they stop it for a moment, but it only lasts for a moment because their heart wasn't transformed. Oh, this is good today. Their heart wasn't changed. So we're trying to do behavior modification when there's no heart transformation. Don't worry about all the habits and the hangups. Let's get them in the house of God so he can do heart surgery on them. Because if he gets their heart, all that other stuff will fall to the wayside. You remember when it fell off of your life? Oh, we soon forget. We've tripping out over someone smoking in the parking lot. When we forgot how long it took for our habits to drop to the wayside. We forgot how long it took for us to stop this or that. Oh, let's not be that church. Come on, somebody. Let's allow people time to grow and to change, just like God allowed us to change. Can't get no help up in this Presbyterian church. Preaching way better than you're letting on today. I'm feeling good in this jacket. So when God gets your heart, he helps you change your habits. And I thank God for this. I thank God he didn't give up on me. I thank God he still doesn't give up on me. When I go sideways, when I say something I shouldn't, come on, somebody, when my old habits try to creep back up and God is there to say, I'm with you, I'm for you, my strength is enough in your weakness. Come on, can I get an amen today? So if God can get your heart, he can change your habit. Listen to this. If God can get your heart, he can change your habit. But if God can get your wallet, he has your heart. Some of you got off the bus on that. It's okay, I'll wait. The bus is still waiting. Get back on. Door's still open. If he can get your wallet, if he can get involved in your finances, he has your heart. He has your heart. He has your heart. So I'm asking you today, how's your heart? How's your heart? If giving, stewardship, and generosity are all about the heart, how's yours? How's yours today? I'll be honest with you, I ask myself this question every day. Every single day, Jacob, how's your heart? How's your heart? The Bible says guard your heart. How's your heart? Is there any offenses in my heart? Known and unknown. Is there any sin? Sins of omission, sins of commission. That means sins that I know of and sins that I don't know of. Is there any bitterness, unforgiveness in my heart? Every single day. This is how I start out the day. God, search my heart. Search my heart. Is there any wrong motives, wrong thoughts? Am I being stingy? Is generosity flowing through my heart, God? Search my heart. Because Matthew 6, 21 always comes up and he says, where is your treasure, Jacob? Because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So if you want to know the condition of your heart, all you got to look at is what you're treasuring, what you're valuing in your life from Monday through Sunday. What are you treasuring? And if you start looking over the last 30 days where you put your treasure, you'll find your heart. You'll find your heart. Look at your bank statement. Go home today and look at it. You'll see what you treasure. Come on now. 
We love to eat, right? So we treasure some food. Come on, somebody. So we got Chipotle on that bank statement. We got Chick-fil-A. Come on now. We got chilies. Come on. We got Applebee's. Come on now. We, what else we got? We got Taco Smell. I mean, Taco Bell. Pray for y'all that eat Taco Bell. We have clothes on that statement. We got shoes. We need a new phone. I, I, I mean, it's, it's a year and a half old. My Lord, it's ancient. It's almost like dial-up now. It's almost like the cord phone, you know? We got Amazon on that bank saying, we got Target. Come on, somebody. We got the mall on there. But my question is, is there generosity and stewardship found on that bank statement? We can tell where your heart is. Just look at where your treasure's flowing to. Look at where your money's going to, right? Do you value the roof over your head? It's not a trick question. I hope you do. So you're paying your mortgage or your rent, right? Because you want that. Do you value feeding your family? You should, right? So you're buying food. Come on, somebody. You're buying food to feed your family. That's where your heart is. But my question is, on that statement, if we, if we, put, if we grab your statement from the last 30 days, is there a portion of your finances that are going to God's house? Hmm? See, most of the times, we don't have a lack of money problem. We have a mismanagement of money problems. We don't have a lack of money. We can look at our statement and we can find a lot of wasted stuff. Can I get an amen? I got my hand up on that. I can look at my statement and say, man, we, we could have done without that. Didn't have to do that. Come on, somebody. And so we don't have a lack of money. We just have a mismanagement of money problems in our life. And if we could get our ducks in a row, come on now, because I hear people all the time, well, I just can't afford to give to the church. I can't afford to tithe. No, you can't afford not to. You'll never be able to afford it until you start doing it. <laughs> this is good. Only got 12 minutes left. Good Lord. So, 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 so our hearts need to shift. So it's time for a heart checkup because giving is all about the heart. Someone say giving is all about the heart. So how do we develop a heart of generosity? Well, today I want us to do some heart surgery. My name is Dr. Jacob, and we are in the ER, OR rather. We're going to do some heart surgery. Are you ready for it? We need some heart surgery because some of us are having a heart attack. Some of us are having a heart attack. We, we're, we're, we're at a place where generosity no longer flows. Like the things of God that, that God wants to do in us and through us are no longer flowing because something got in and clogged up the artery of generosity. We need to do some heart surgery. Some of us have allowed fear and a scarcity mindset to stop the flow of generosity. Some of us have allowed greed to clog up this blessed life that God intends for us to have. I want you to ask your neighbor and say, are you having a heart attack? Go ahead, ask your neighbor. Are you having a heart attack? For those of you who didn't do it the first two times, I'm giving you a third try. Are you having a heart attack? One in four people in here today will have a heart attack, a real heart attack. It's serious. It's serious. I, I get that. Some of you have experienced it. You have family members. And what ends up happening is there are veins 
that blood should flow through. What happens when there are fats and plaques, it clogs up the arteries and the veins of the area it was supposed to flow through. And what ends up happening is this allows an area of the heart to die. And when an area of the heart dies, the whole heart stops functioning. This is very serious, and it's very serious in the kingdom of God. It's very serious in the kingdom of God. Now, the heart isn't the biggest muscle in the body, but it is the most important muscle in the body. You cannot live without your heart. You can live without some leg muscles. Come on now. You can live without an arm. You can live without an ear. You can live without an eye. Come on now. You can live without your hair. (laughs) Some of you are like, yep. Got you on that. Got you to laugh. You haven't laughed all day. You're so tensed up about this series. Just chill. Just relax. But you can't live without the heart. Because when the, when the heart stops, everything stops working. Could it be, could it be, church, that when our generosity stops pumping, that our grace for people stops? Could it be that when generosity stops flowing from our life, our compassion for broken people stops? Could it be that when we become stingy in our finances, that our passion for God's house stops? Could it be that our generosity is so important, just like the heart, that it impacts every area of our lives? Hmm? Could it be that there's been some things that have blocked up the flow of generosity, that have stopped the flow, and that we are having a heart attack because of it. We are having a heart attack. When we have missed the main theme of the gospel, Jesus said, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Take it from me. Take it from my heavenly father. He so loved the world that he gave. He gave. So there has to be this flow of blood and oxygen. And if you cut that off, it stops the heart. Could it be when we cut off stewardship and generosity, things stop in our lives because we are no longer taking on the nature of our Heavenly Father? Hmm? We need to check our heart. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else because out of the heart flows. Do you see that? Huh? Proverbs 4.23, guard it. He says, guard your heart because everything flows from the heart. The issues of life flow from the heart. Giving is all about the heart. If you're not living a blessed life, if you're not living this generous life that should get larger and larger, if you're not living it, you must check your heart. You must check the posture of your heart. Maybe you've had a heart attack and you don't even know it. Do you know people have heart attacks and they don't even know it? Right? And then they go to the doctor months, years later, and they'll say, well, you've had a heart attack. I never knew I had it. Maybe some of us are sitting in church week after week and we don't even know we've had a heart attack. Hmm? Look at this, Deuteronomy 15, seven and eight. It says, if there is any among you, among you a a poor man of your brethren, 
with any of the gates of your land which the Lord God has given you. You shall not what? Harden your heart, nor shut your what? Hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. And now we know that this is the talking about the children of Israel who had just came out of uh, 450 years of bondage, of slavery, and, and God was speaking to them and say, hey, when you get into this promised land that I told you I was gonna give you, don't shut your hand towards people. Don't harden your heart. He's like, guard your heart. I want you to be willing to help others out who are less fortunate. So if, if, if we're gonna get healing from this heart attack, we gotta do a few things. Number one, we have to deal with a selfish heart. We have to deal with a selfish heart. Um, we have to deal with a selfish heart. Selfish is defined as this, lacking consideration for others, concerned chiefly for one's own personal profit or pleasure. Giving more than any other activity that a believer does works selfishness and greed out of our lives. Giving works it out of our lives. How many of you know that we were born selfish, but we are born again to be generous. Come on, somebody. We were born selfish. Just let's look at your two-year-old. Come on, somebody. My toy. No, that's not your toy. That's your sister's. Mine. <laughs> mine. Right? How many heard that from your kids this week, right? That's mine. We are born selfish, but we are born again to be generous like our Heavenly Father. We have to deal with a selfish heart. We have to deal with it. We have to deal with it. We have to ask God to remove any selfishness from our heart. We have to ask him because he is concerned with our hearts. When we are generous, our world gets bigger and bigger, but when we are selfish, it gets smaller and smaller, and maybe, maybe some, someone's realizing, now I get why. I get it now, why, I have, why I've been blessed financially. It's not just for me and my family, but it's to be a blessing to others. It's to help build God's kingdom through his church. So we need to allow God to remove a selfish heart from us. Maybe you were taught that growing up. Maybe you were taught not to bless, not to give, not to be generous. We gotta ask God to help us, help us to remove a selfish heart. Now, one area, ladies, I need to let you know, one area that guys, when it comes to selfishness, one area that they will not give up on, and that's their food. We are selfish about our food. We are, when we ask you at the drive-thru, what do you want, and you say nothing, but then when we order it, then you want half of our sandwich. We are selfish. And all the fries that fall at the bottom of the, fr of the bag are whose? That's the guys. Oh, you better believe it. My kid's trying to take the fries out. No, not today. Those are daddy's fries. Well, they fell out of my fry. No, it don't matter. I paid for the fries and the bag it came in and the drink you're sipping on right now. So I'll take it all back from you. So, so pray for us ladies when it comes to our food because we are selfish. <laughs> pray for me because I am selfish. I like to eat. Come on, somebody. So we gotta deal with the selfish heart. If we're gonna allow God to heal us from this heart attack, we gotta deal with the selfish heart. The second thing we gotta deal with is a grieving heart. A grieving heart. Look at this scripture. Still talking to the children of Israel here. You shall surely give to him and your heart 
should not be grieved when you give to him because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all which you put your hand to do. Listen to this, church. Selfishness attacks us before we give, but grief attacks us after we give. It attacks us after. The reason we grieve after we give is because we think it was ours. And the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God owns it all. He just made us stewards over it. He just made us stewards. And so we grieve sometimes after we've given something. Oh, it's not easy. I'm not up here telling you it's easy every week to pay your tithes and give an offering. Trust me, there's times when I give and it hurts. Come on, somebody. Yeah, it hurts sometimes, and I have to deal with the grieving heart at times because I'm like, oh, man, I could have got that or that, right? You know, I just had this thought. After church, I want to go out to eat with my family, but I really don't have any money um, to do that. So, uh, thank you, Everett. $100 bill. Man, you have a generous heart. That is so awesome. Looks like I'm taking my family out now. Um, You may ask, why did Everett get up so fast to give you that $100 bill? Because I gave it to him before the service. (laughs) And I told him to give it to me at this point in the message. Now listen, listen, here's the point. He's not grieving right now sitting in that chair because he gave it to me. Because it was mine to start with. The reason we grieve after we give is because we thought it was ours. We thought it all belonged to us. And God says, no, it belongs to me, all of it. He's not grieving. It was mine. Are you hearing this? God says, no, 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 no. I gave you the breath in your lungs to work this week. I gave you the education. I gave you the brains to get that degree. No, 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 no. Don't think it was all about you. No, 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 no. I woke you up this morning. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I gave it to you, and all I asked you to do is bring back a portion of what I gave you to my house. It's a principle in the word of God. And God says, when you do that, generosity is flowing from your heart. Hmm? God made us a manager over that which he has blessed us with. And if we're faithful over the little, he wants to give you more. He wants, he wants to know that he can trust you. We talked about it last week. He wants to get it to you so he can get it through you. Can he trust you? And some of us are never going to live this blessed life until we realize that God wants our obedience. Why? Because God wants our trust. He wants to be able to get it to us so it will flow through us. The blessing really isn't what I can do with my family and what we can buy. The blessing is when it flows through you to someone else. The fulfillment that you get when you're able to bless someone. I don't know if you took these cards out this week, but it was a great feeling. The person that I got to bless with this week at a restaurant, it was a great feeling 
to give them a tip that was very, very generous and hand this card. I know many of you have been handing these out and doing acts of generosity, and, and you felt the same way. And some of you, you've never even done anything like this, and I'm gonna encourage you, take a step. Take a step this week. There's a card on your seat today. Take a step. So we have to deal with a selfish heart. We have to deal with a grieving heart. And when we do that, we will develop a generous heart. We will develop a generous heart. We were born selfish, but we were born again to be generous. Every time, every time you bring your tithes and offerings to God's house, you're saying, I have a generous heart. You're honoring God. You're honoring God. You're honoring his house. You're saying, God, I have a generous heart. Every time you take these generosity cards out and bless someone, people that you may not even know. I didn't know the young lady that I blessed this week. But every time you do it, you're operating out of a heart of generosity. Every time you bless someone that you feel compelled to bless, you're operating out of a heart of generosity. And that's what God wants for his people. Imagine, imagine what we could do. Imagine if the church dealt with a selfish heart, dealt with a grieving heart, and began to develop a generous heart. Imagine the lives that could be impacted. Imagine you're gonna hear about an extreme act of generosity that we're gonna do in a few weeks. And it's because of the faithful giving, the, the 15% of the people who give in this church, 15%, are making this happen for people that we don't even know. It's gonna change their lives. And they may never step foot in this church and that's okay. But this one extreme act of generosity from the people who faithfully give to this house is gonna change the course of people's lives and generations below them, their lives as well. I can't wait for you to hear about it. I can't wait for you to hear. I know you're wanting to know what it is and you're asking me, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. When I get up here, you'll know what it is. The community will know, the state will know, everybody will know. But what could we do? 15%, we're impacting our community, we're helping the addicted, we're helping disciple them, we're helping walk with them through after they come out of faith-based rehabilitation centers. We're walking with them. What, just think what we could do in our community if that 15% went up to 20 or 25 or 30. Just think if we all just said, God, I'm available. I'll do my part. You see, he's not looking for equal giving. He's just looking for equal sacrifice or equal obedience. If we're all just obedient to what he said, then we could change a community. We could change a state. We could change a nation. We could change the world. And so that's all that God is asking us to do. Who asked us to do it? God did. God asked us, not a preacher. I didn't make these scriptures up. God made it. God made it. And so we get to honor him. And so giving is all about the heart. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Your word that brings life. Your word that encourages us. Lord, we examine our hearts right now, right now. Not our neighbors, not our spouses. We examine our hearts. We check our heart right now to make sure, to make sure we didn't have a heart attack, 
to make sure something isn't blocking the flow of the generosity that you want to flow through our lives. We search our heart. We search our hearts. Maybe our treasure's been in the wrong place. Maybe, maybe our ducks are not in a row when it comes to our finances and we gotta stop some foolish spending and we gotta get on a budget. We gotta stop charging stuff and living beyond our means and living a lifestyle that we can't afford to live. Lord, we wanna have our ducks in a row so that we can live this blessed life that you have called us to live, each and every one of us. So Lord, help us to take steps of obedience today. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts right now. Speak to our hearts as individuals right now, Holy Spirit. We pray this in the name of Jesus. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here today and maybe you're far from God. Maybe you came in here today searching for some answers. Maybe you came in here empty, trying to fill a void that only Christ can fill. Maybe you've been trying to fill it through a relationship, through stuff, through material gain, and you're just coming up empty. Today, I wanna invite you to say a prayer with us in a moment, a prayer that can change the very course of your life today, a prayer of surrender. So if you're here today and you say, Jacob, that's me, I'm ready to surrender my life to Christ for the very first time, or for the most part, I'm probably talking to people who need to rededicate their life to Christ. You need to make a fresh decision to follow Christ. Some things got in the way. You went down some wrong paths, but today you're ready to get on the right path. Well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're not here to embarrass you, call you up front or anything like that. But before we pray, could I just see who I'm praying for today? If you just lift your hand and say, Jacob, that's me. Include me in on this prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else want to be included in this prayer? That's great. Come on, let's say this prayer together, church. Say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I believe that the cross paid the penalty for my sins to give me a fresh start, to give me a new beginning that starts today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Somebody put your hands together. Once again, thanks for joining us for this week's message. If you would like to know more about us, be sure to visit us at thefuelchurch.com. It's also here where if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can click on the online giving tab. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we hope and pray you have a blessed week.